just so everybody knows that uh, keep them, they'll be starting here at about 1130, but uh, Gary and Paula and, and the Liberian and the, the uh, Albanian team better are at Carthage, and they're getting ready to share what all God did uh, on the mission trip. And, and boy, it was a powerful time in the Lord. Uh, they're going to be here next week. I, uh, when I was a kid, I should, probably shouldn't say that, but, but I know a lot of times when they said missions, I didn't want to go the next week. Uh, I, I hope that you guys aren't like that at all, because they, they got some testimonies that are unbelievable. Uh, we we saw the Lord move like you wouldn't believe, and I don't know if I shared it. We saw a lot of miracles. I mean, several salvations and deliverances and all that stuff. And this is going to sound crazy, but the miracle I remember the most was is I was packing lots of money, and anyway, uh, lots of money. <laughs> and then I had probably eight hundred of my own in there. So I'm talking, you know, six, seven, eight thousand dollars I'm carrying on my person and it's the mission money for part of the team. And, and anyway, um, we'd gotten over close to Africa and I decided to go, uh, freshen up a little bit after being on the plane 20 hours. So I went to the restroom and went to the back and it was closed and full and went to this side. It was full and went around to the middle. Most of it was full, but I found an empty bathroom. So I went in, took my shirt off, took my money and set it off and began to just kind of wash and clean. Got back to my chair, and about 30 minutes later, Amy walks up to me, and she goes, Dad, where's your passport? You won't believe what went through me. Oh, my, it's in the bathroom with all the money. And she saw the panic go over my face. I flew up out of the chair. Because I'm talking 30 minutes went by. I bet 80 people went to the bathroom. I mean, you guys have been on these big buses. Uh, them bathrooms are just used constantly. And, and I started out of my seat just running, thinking all at the same time, and Amy holds it up to me. And I thought, I could kill you right now. <laughs> but I love you, and I kissed her and held her and, and all that. But that was such a miracle because Amy was sitting by me, got out, went to the back, checked the same bathrooms, went across, checked the same bathrooms, went up front, checked the same bathrooms, and got the same one I used 35 minutes later and saw my money. And that, to me, was a miracle. And I was praising God for 30 minutes over that. It was a powerful time, but... But they're going to share you lots more things, and, and I could share lots more miracles, but also I could share you the, the same thing here that's going on in the Oakton body. God's doing a lot of great things. I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. But the Holy Spirit told me to really uh, to say this to you today, that, that Jesus focused on unity above all things. And the Spirit spoke to that to me Monday, and I'll get into that a little bit more but Jesus kept the unity above all things. And, and I saw that theme throughout the Bible all week. And I'll get into some more details uh, later. But, but he went through a scripture. I'm going to read from you here in John 18 of all scriptures before he goes to the cross. On how Jesus kept the unity. And that's what his goal was even before the cross. When people were trying to kill him. And he was saying to us. Yeah, you can't do it alone, but keep your eyes on me, and yes, you can do it. And, and that's what he kept telling me all week. He says, keep the unity at all costs and focus on me, and when you do, I'll put you to your knees, and I'll bring healing to your bodies. Keep the immunity, immunity at all costs. 
But boy, as I begin to think about that, you don't realize how many opportunities that we have to entertain discord. Uh, just this morning, coming into church and, and getting around for the first for service, seriously, I had four things that I could have, have, have taken offense to. Or things are just piddly, but as me and Jim are talking about, that there are things that, that if we let them build up, we'll explode eventually and give into it. But the Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And it's so easy to give into him in the bait of Satan. So easy to do. And, and as I was, we were just kind of kidding around about it, but, but I had to think up an example today I was going to do just kind of get everybody going. But Isaac Collins has this beautiful flowing mane of hair and it goes down to his shoulders. And I, I've seriously always wanted to wear my hair like that, but have never done it because I feared that the church wouldn't receive it. And, and so I thought, you know, I, I would love to have that. But just walking in the church with that head of hair, boy, the darts that I'd get, the discord that it would cause, you know. And I thought we would kid about that a little bit, but I didn't have to. Jim gave me all the ammo I needed today. Can you believe he got up here this morning and said, man, that pastor is a wonderful pastor. I started swelling up and thinking, all right, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, but we can't make it alone without. I mean, that just hurt my feelings that he said I wasn't enough. Can you believe that? And then he throws me under the bus a little bit later because he messed up the service same way he did the second service. Messed it up twice and he throws me under the bus. And you know it's not me because I'm trying to keep the unity. I'm trying to keep my eyes on Jesus. Yeah, Teresa, did you know that he didn't even announce you? And you're preaching Wednesday night. Can you believe that? Yeah, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. But you think, we could think, we could think of all the things, and I'm kidding around here a little bit. But, but when Jesus said to keep the unity of all costs, man, if you really think about that, that's tough to do. It's tough to do. And we need to be conscious about this. But Jesus kept telling me when we do, when we keep our eyes on him, that it'll put us to our knees and it'll bring healing to us. And so when we think about that, our marriages may be in a wreck. But, but if we fight to keep the unity and keep our eyes on Jesus, that he'll bring us to our knees and bring healing. And, and that's what this scripture says today. So I don't care whatever trial and tribulation that you're going through, work or, or play or, or church or whatever it is, if, if you're fighting to keep the unity that's what Jesus wants you to do, but keep the unity at all costs and keep your eyes focused on him. And when you do, the anointing and the power of God will bring you to your knees and it'll bring healing. I promise. And the Lord went on to tell me this week that we're praying for a revival a lot, but, but we're never going to experience revival until we do get on our knees and let him have full control of our life. Now, we experienced a great move of the spirit today that I believe Gracie started because she submitted to the Lord and shared her heart. It's hard to share something like that, that the whole church body could, they could make fun of you. They could do all this, but she shared her heart. She made herself vulnerable. And Lord, that's when the Lord spoke to me. That's what brought her healing. When we're vulnerable and trust Jesus above all things, when we feel that vulnerable, feel vulnerable is when Jesus can move a lot of times. But let's read this scripture today and, and, and through, just remember, in everything that Jesus did, he tried to keep the unity above all things. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. 
So Judas having uh, procured, uh, in other words, he went out and got a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And they went there with their lanterns and their torches and their weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, knowing that this was going to take him to be crucified, came forward and said to them, Who do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Judas said to them, I am he, when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have not lost one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, uh, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword away, or into its sheath, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the word today. And Father, your, your word says that it will not come back void just by us reading it and listening to it. And so Father, uh, we receive your word today. Uh, Lord, I know that we have lots on our minds and things going on that uh, we can do this afternoon and all this or problems we may be going through. But Lord, we give all those things to you now and we lay them at your feet so that we can focus on your word today and, and allow it to just change our lives. And Father, is the point of the service today, Lord, that you want us to keep the unity at all costs by keeping our eyes on you, Lord. Teach us how to do that, Lord. Show us how to do that, Lord. Because we are your servants and we want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first point today is Jesus' goal was to keep the unity at all costs. Unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. And, and that's what tickled me is that this week we've had some good times and some great times. And Friday Adventure Kids, uh, they met and uh, they were, their, their theme for the day was being joined as a whole. And I'm going to have Norma show this video, but the, the, the thought of this video here was that you're to get in teams of seven, and uh, she calls it something else, but we're going to call it keeping the unity. But she's saying stay joined together to accomplish what God wants. But these kids had to hang on to each other and go from one end of the room to the other and then run back to win. And you'll see in the video who won and who lost, but keeping the unity at all costs. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not going to play again now, is it? But anyway, you'll see through the video, and it'll play later for us, that, that a team goes off and there's Vance uh, uh, Bulls team, and they take off and they're flying, and all of a sudden the rest of the team falls back behind. And did it go? Did it not? And the team fell back behind. But you see another team that was led by uh, uh, Lily and Cook, and followed by Kaysen and Trevin and a, and a few others. And they stayed together. They were a little slower, but they stayed together the whole time. And they didn't break apart. They stayed unified. They, they, like I said, they may have been a little bit slower, but they stayed unified all the way through. And, and I thought as Giselle was showing them and teaching them how to be unified, I thought, what better way as a body, even if it's your wife that you're trying to stay unified with, that you're always together and you never allow anything to break you apart. 
or it may be just your family, your children and you that, that you stay connected and that you don't let anything break you apart, that you keep unity above all things. And whatever you want to plug into that situation, the church or whatever, that we keep unity above all things and we stay joined together. We see in today's text that Jesus had a challenging situation, a challenging and keeping joined together. You know, when I look at Judas here, Judas was his friend. He was in the twelve. You know, he was the inner circle, if you will. And, and here Jesus was, his inner circle, one of his guys betrayed him. Man, that would be so hard to keep the unity. It'd be like Jim betraying me or me betraying Jim, that when you're so tight-knit to somebody or even your spouse that you're so close together and they just betray your faith. And then to see that Judas, this is the other part that caught me, that he took him to a known place. In other words, Jesus had a known place that, that he went to get alone with his disciples to, to experience God's presence, to get refreshed, and even Judas sold out that part. He gave up his, his friend. He gave up his holdout place, his place to get restored. He, he threw him under the bus, literally. But Jesus kept the unity at all cost. We see that Judas let in the chief uh, Jewish priests, the Pharisees, uh, the other part of that that I want to get is, to today is that the Jewish people, the, the priest, the Jewish priests, the Pharisees, they were all considered, if you will, the church. These were the people that should have been ushering in the Messiah. These are the ones that should have been ushering in the Christ child, Jesus, and they opposed him. They were there to kill him. They didn't understand him. So we see all the people that it should have been bringing Jesus and lifting him high to the ones that were crucify him and, and, and bringing death upon him. And I thought, man, what a trying time that would be. We see that Peter, uh, you know, finally gave up and he, he attacked and cut off the right ear of the high priest. So we see his own group didn't even hear the teaching that, the, that Jesus had taught them over the years. We see discord in God's church. We see discord amongst Jesus and his disciples. We see discord. But Jesus, knowing death was near, 8-4 said, responded by keeping the unity. He did not give up. He kept the unity at all cost. You see this theme as we, the Lord showed me in this in the scripture, we see this theme with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry until even after he died. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in Matthew five seventeen, he says, Don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So we see in the beginning that Jesus was always trying to bring in unity and, and, and bringing in uh, that commitment to each other. To the very end, when they did crucify him, when he was dead on that cross and the Roman soldiers went up to break his legs and they, they saw that he was dead and so instead of breaking their legs, his legs, they pierced his side and at once blood and water came out. Even at death, when Jesus was breathed, when he breathed his last, he was still striving for unity for the blood and water was a symbol of washing and cleansing. 
You see, the symbolism is clear. On the cross, Jesus, the innocent, died so that we, the sinful, may go free. He bore this burden of our sin so that we could have the unity with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus' goal was. From the beginning, through the middle, and to the end, he was about keeping unity between us and God, and he was about keeping unity between uh, God or us and man, each other. Jesus strived for unity. You see that theme all through the Old Testament. And I'm not even going to get into that, but, but, but David, you know, a, a type of Christ, when Saul was trying to kill him, and David was raising up to become king, eventually they knew it coming, he would never bring discord upon Israel. We know that he had two opportunities to kill Saul and to take him out. But he said, I shall not touch God's anointed. David at all cost kept the unity wherever he was at. So we see that theme throughout the Bible. And Jesus wants us to keep the unity above all cost. For us to be successful as believers and Christians, we must do this. For us to have success at home, in our marriages, work, college, and even in this church here today, we got to look to unity and strive to keep the unity above all things. But point number two, we do this by staying focused on Jesus. And that's what I thought was neat about this passage of Scripture, that Jesus makes it possible. You know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, Jesus is in us. He provides that way out. But but what I was really caught my eye through this scripture today, when they were coming to bring Jesus to the cross, he was trying to get everybody's focus on him and not anybody else. Let's look at the text again here today. You know, they came backstabbing as a violent mob, and and, and Jesus responded to them this way. Verse 6, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And they drew back and fell to the ground. So through all the commotion and he didn't want to see the fighting, he didn't want to see the discord, he was saying, you come for me, let's take me and let's go. And he even demonstrated the power of God that that when he said it, they fell to their knees. A power of God moved in that situation. But then he didn't really get their attention. There was still discord in the place and he asked them a second time. He says to them again, he says, who do you seek? Jesus of Nazareth, I told you, I am he. Jesus was trying to keep that unity. He kept telling them twice to look at him, twice to stay focused on him. And he even said in verse 8, so if you seek me, let these men go. So three times Jesus is saying is get your eyes off everything else, get your eyes off this, get your eyes off that. You come after me, keep your eyes on me knowing that it was going to take him to the cross. Man, that's powerful to me. But Jesus is telling us today, above all cost, keep your eyes on him. When a mob is coming at you, when life's shaking you up, when you're having trials and tribulations, we keep the unity by focusing on Jesus. And we do that power of God will bring us to our knees and we'll experience supernatural healing. We need to get a hold of that today. 
Because many of us are like Peter. Peter heard these three instances. He saw these three things happen. And immediately after that, he cuts the servant's ear off. So even Peter, Jesus' right-hand man, was caught up in the discord. He was caught up in all the junk going on around him instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus. Jesus had to say to Peter, sheath it, buddy. That's not what I'm about. And he reminded Peter again four times to keep your eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus today above all things. It's neat when I was writing this, though. Uh, the Lord is so cool. And, and I was right at this spot, and I was thinking about it, and I'd flipped on Fox News, and a guy had come out, and he said, uh, when you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And that was Representative Kennedy from Louisiana. And, and I was just thinking about all this, thinking about Peter, but when we got a bone to pick, when we got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And it's hard for us to stay focused on Jesus when we're offended or we've let ourselves give in to discord. And, and, and he was talking about the, 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 the White House. He was talking about the Congress. He was talking about everything. When you've got a hammer in your hand, it's easy to find a nail to hit. And that's so many times the way we get as people, as believers, that it's so easy to find the trouble and just start bam, 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 bam. But it's hard to keep the unity and keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's what Jesus has called us to do. And, and really, I'm going to keep saying that today because that's the only point he's given me. Is that we keep the unity above all costs. And we do it by focusing on Jesus. And when we do, we're going to fall to our knees under the power and the anointing. And he's going to bring healing to our situation. That's the only way is when we yield to him. So what's that look like? You know, I, I've, I've had a wonderful week. It's been fun this week. Uh, the Holy Spirit showed me the power of this unity that we're talking about. And the first picture, I'm going to start with Friday and work backwards. Man, I had a blast. Excuse me. I had Adventure Kids this week. It was a blast. And if you want to pull that slide up, if you can. But, but the Adventure Kids, uh, Giselle had, had run this game with them. And, and I didn't do anything. I just sat and enjoyed it that day. Maybe that's why I had so much fun. But after they played the game, Giselle was talking about you can't say united or you can't say, I can't remember, her word theme was different, but I'll use united. But you can't be one if you don't know each other. And, and so she had the kids go around and introduce themselves to five people they didn't know. I never laughed so hard in my life. I mean, it was just fun watching them. But this first picture here, these two girls didn't know each other. And the one girl gets in her face, in her space, and introduces themselves. And they're just chattering back and forth. Yeah, she's a little shy. Her hand was over her mouth, but they were going at it. And then the other group there, they were just sharing who they were and getting to know each other. And that's what the Lord shows me that to be unified, we got to get to know each other a little better. You know, we got to go out and, and introduce ourselves to people we don't know and get vulnerable. And I'll get into that a little bit later that I believe the church is missing out in general, the overall church. Because there's people dying and hurting out there, and we're so inward focused that we're not seeing them. And I'll get to that maybe later. But, but, but we need to get to know the people around us so that we can come around them and know what's going on in their life. You can't surround somebody if you don't know them. Amen? If you're not spending time with your wife, how are you going to make things better? 
You know, I get tired of hearing that, yeah, we're, we're, we're staying together, but we don't talk no more. Uh-oh. Come on. Come on. Or I go to work and I'm miserable. Does God want you miserable at work? Get to know your boss. Get to know your coworkers. Put some interest in them. Surround them. Keep unity in your situation. Man, I could use any illustration you want. We complain about our children. Man, me and Joshua had a heart-to-heart the other night like never before. But I had to spend time with him. I had to get around him. I had to show him that, he, that I cared. And man, we just had a time. Man, me and him are getting closer and closer. Didn't think we could get any closer. And then one camp, I could tell you things that happened Wednesday and Thursday that was just awesome. But one camp Tuesday, the, these two kids didn't even know each other. And they got to know each other, and here they are hanging out together. And I don't think they knew each other before that day. And because of, of just, and this had to be within an hour, and they're hanging out with each other. We've got to get around each other and, and get to know each other and, and be a part of each other's life. And, and that's how to help us keep the unity and how stay, help us stay together. I didn't have a video, but to see all these kids, uh, both of these things, God blessed us. Uh, uh, Giselle was expecting, I think, 24 on the sign-up on the Adventure Kid thing, and there was 36. And then on the one camp, I was expecting 12 to 15, and we had 24. And and kids weren't there that had signed up because they had other things going on. They'll be there next week. But to see these kids laying in the floor of the gym praying and seeking God, there's nothing like it. Man, I was rejoicing. And it's just been in the presence of God. But if you notice, it's been around each other, uniting together. And then I think of Monday, and this is really what sealed the deal. Uh, when I was out Monday helping the Manivals and the Lehmans and the Rushes and, and different ones with cleanup, I was out in the middle of the field, and, and I would already talked to them and not dishing them, but, but I was in the mud this deep. I was wore out. I was tired. But, man, I was so fulfilled because we were out there working, and I was like, God, this is so awesome. There's 100 people plus out there that we knew about. There was just unbelievable unity, just like there's unbelievable unity at one camp, the unbelievable unity at the Adventure Kids, just the presence of God, just so awesome. And the Lord said that we need to learn how to do that in all situations. In other words, it's easy for us to come around people when there's a tragedy like that. And I think Joe cleared it up for me earlier, but, but the Lord spoke to me and he, he said that, that we need to treat people the same way when they have loss in their life, when they lost a loved one. We need to come around them just in the same way as we came around the Manivals during the tornado and the Lehmans during the tornado and, and the Rushes during the tornado. We need to come around people when they're experiencing sickness the same way that we come around these people during the tornado. That's what the Lord was speaking to me out there. He went on to say that, that when people are battling sin, we tend to push them away. And he said we need to come around them even more then, the same way and surround them and love them the same way and love the sinner and hate the sin. And I'm like, Lord, you're so right. And I was talking to Joel about that. It's it's so easy to go help somebody clean up their house, but we'll pass it off so many times. Well, I'm not called to go minister to a sinner, or I'm not called 
to go minister to somebody that's lost somebody, or I'm not called to go to the hospital. And I don't believe that. We're all called to be with our brothers and sisters. But Joel said something to me. He goes, Kent, he goes, I wouldn't even have cared if you did anything when you got there. Just seeing you there made my day. He said, Kent, that hundred people there that came out that day, I didn't care that they did anything. Just seeing them here touched my life. And that's when the Lord spoke through him and he told me that's what the others, the same way, whether it's, it's death, it's sin, sickness, whatever tragedy, divorce, whatever it may be, the people just want to see you there and know that you're there for them. They just want to know you're there. They don't care if you do a darn thing. They're not expecting you to do something. They're not expecting you to perform. But we give into that fear that we can't do anything there when we can. But we went on to talk and he made a comment. He said that, that when we're out, we can see, you know, you knew you picked a piece of trash up. You knew that you moved this over there. You spent time and you could see the results. We got to go in and just trust God. That when we come behind a brother and sister, when we give them that hug, that that's all we need to do. Or whatever, that card that we send in the mail. But we need to come around our brothers and sisters the same way that we did this disaster here. Do you agree with that today? David said something between services that really caught my ear. David, David Allen caught my ear. But he said that statistically it's been proven that Christians recover quicker because of prayer. And, and I knew that for a fact because right before I quit Freeman, that's when they started. Well, the last two years I was at Freeman, we were working on the chaplain program. And that's one of the reasons they implemented it because they'd been done studies and they saw the results of people healing quicker when they were prayed for. And, and what better way to make a hospital better and get people healed quicker. And so they had many reasons they did that, but that was one of the main ones. And they, that's why the chaplain's program's in effect, because when people come around each other and unify, it brings healing. It brings presence of God. You with me today? So when we're having trials and tribulations, we keep the unity at all costs. We focus on Jesus, and we'll experience his healing power. So again, coming around each other is unity. The slide, go to the next slide on this. Um, yeah. And that's when the, the word the Lord told me we must respond the same to all hurting people. That was a picture from a magazine article of a prophecy that me and Jim had been talking about how the Lord, we feel, is, is, is telling us that that we need to get outside the doors even more as a body and see the hurting people outside and, 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 and bring them in and unify with them, if you will. And, and this article just confirmed to me what the Lord was telling us, but this guy had had a dream. And, and, he, and he said, we're in a, on a cruise ship and we're inside the boat. And man, the food is good. It was just great. We was experiencing the, just a great time together and just a wonderful time. And he said he looked out the window, and the water's about half up on the window of the ship. 
and he saw a bunch of lifeboats and rafts out there, just little life rafts with people's arms and legs hanging off and, and just everywhere by the thousands outside. And he said there's very few inside, but millions outside. And whenever a limb would go over the side, a shark would get it and just rip it off, leg or head, whatever it was. That may be gruesome, but that's what the, the prophecy he was getting. And, and, and he woke up out of his bed in a cold sweat, and the Lord spoke to him immediately. The church is enjoying my presence. The church is enjoying me and, and supping with me while the world's dying and the devil's ripping them to pieces. And, and we need to go after the world. We need to get out there to the world with a message that we're sharing today because they want people to come around them. And, but today I, I want you to focus on this subject, the church, and where we're at, but also want you to look at your own lives. Because what Jesus taught us here today and is teaching us, we need to apply to our parts of our lives. And we don't realize how difficult it is. You know, I was joking around to start the service off, but, but I've been very intentional all week, and we don't realize how much junk we spew out of our mouths, myself included. And it doesn't breed unity a lot of the times. So think about how you talk to your wife if you're wanting a better marriage. Think about, <laughs> I saw a lot of elbows going on across the room. <laughs> you want me to spend more time on marriage? Just raise your hand up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've never noticed that before, but I, yeah, we got one over here. No, 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 cut her off. <laughs> you got it. That's why you want to cut it off, right? We're good, right? Uh but our families even, you know, our kids, they're not where we want them to be sometimes, or our parents, we don't like what they're maybe doing, you know, there's, there's discord in our families, and Jesus is saying, any trial or tribulation is before you, keep the unity at all costs, and you do that by keeping your eyes on me, Jesus, who is it you seek, that's what we all say, we seek Jesus, right, he asked him twice, who is it you seek? Well, then come to me. Don't go to man. Don't go over here. Don't go over there. Over here. That's what Jesus was saying in chapter 18. Right here is where I'm right here. Get, get focused on me, Jesus. But if you're here today and you're tired, well, first off, if you're here and you haven't accepted Christ your Lord and Savior, you need to receive him today, salvation. And I want you to come up for that. First off, but secondly, if you're here today and you're tired of fighting it and you want to try Jesus' way, these altars are open. And I challenge you to come up and just yield. But until we yield and say, Jesus, I'm tired of my way, I'm ready for your way, we're going to struggle. So I challenge you today. And again, all Jesus wanted me to say today was keep the unity at all costs by keeping your eyes focused on me, Jesus. And when you do, you're going to fall to your knees under my power and my anointing, and I'm going to bring healing to your situation. 